a Navy chief is charged with espionage. Just how common is that charge for a member of the military? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. Both the Navy and outside experts tell us this is an extremely rare charge. The Navy says they have no records of any sailor being charged with espionage in at least the past five years. And the VA is trying to slow down the pace at which it is hiring new staff. What does this all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Friday, February 23rd, 2024. A quick note for listeners, be sure to tune in on Monday for an episode with Defense News Pentagon reporter Noah Robertson. Noah will be talking about the Pentagon's new defense industrial strategy and how the department is trying to get industry to transform in order to meet its demands. First up, a Navy chief is being charged with espionage for giving U.S. military documents to a foreign national and agent of a foreign government. Navy Times editor Jeff Zulowitz brings us the latest on this case. Hey Jeff, so take us through this espionage charge. Who is Navy Chief Bryce Pettisini and what are authorities claiming he's done? So Chief Fire Controlman Aegis Bryce Stephen Pettisini was charged by the Navy in January for allegedly passing classified information to a foreign government contact. Uh, and he has been charged with several specifications of espionage under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Both the Navy and outside experts tell us this is an extremely rare charge. Uh, The Navy says they have no records of any sailor being charged with espionage in at least the past five years. And former Navy attorneys now in private practice tell us they can't think of any espionage charges that have been brought against sailors in the past decade. Pettisini is basically charged with providing classified information to an agent of a foreign government over several uh, instances in Hampton Roads, Virginia, mainly in 2022. He is also charged with processing material that he believed to be classified on a system that was not approved for classified material in May 2023 in Yokosuka, Japan. He is currently assigned to the destroyer Higgins, which is forward deployed to Japan. In addition, he is accused of taking a personal electronic device into a secure room in Yokosuka in May of last year. Uh, Furthermore, he is also charged with uh, failing to report a foreign contact while he was in Yokosuka in April, and that he failed to report uh, solicitation of classified information by an individual there. So just how big a deal is this? Obviously, an espionage charge while in uniform carries a heavy weight. But just how rare is this and what kind of risk did this pose to the United States? Outside attorneys tell us he faces some pretty serious sentences, rather, in this case. Espionage is charge that can bring a maximum sentence of the death penalty. But outside attorneys tell us this will not apply in this case as Pettisini was not charged with espionage as a capital offense. Uh, nonetheless, he could be facing, you know, life in prison with or without parole, dishonorable discharge, and basically a total forfeiture of all his pay and allowances. To date, Navy officials are not providing all the information on the status of Pettisini's uh, case and his trial. Uh, the Navy's public court docket shows that he had a hearing Wednesday in San Diego. 
but officials so far have declined to say if a trial date has been set or what the nature of this week's uh, motions hearing was all about. But rest assured, we will stay on it and we'll work to bring the latest to our readers and our listeners. Another important story, the VA had one of its largest hiring sprees last year, but now department leaders are trying to pull back how many employees the department is hiring. For more on this, Federal Times reporter Molly Wisner joins the episode. So Molly, could you explain just how big of a hiring push the VA made in 2023 and why exactly they pushed so hard for that? Yeah, absolutely. So the VA operates the nation's largest public health care system. They've got hundreds of thousands of employees working at, you know, over a thousand facilities nationwide. So in recent years, the VA has been in a pretty intense growth spurt um, for two reasons. One, they've been just trying to recruit and retain enough employees to uh, fill chronic vacancies after, you know, some, some previous understaffing, but also new legislation in the form of the PACT Act created hundreds of thousands of newly eligible veterans who could receive care for toxic exposure from the VA. So all of this combined created not just an increase in patient demand, but also a need for the agency to modernize in some way and to ensure that it had enough medical staff, but also support staff, administrators, folks like that to ensure that you know, end-to-end veterans were getting the care that they needed. And so VA has been tackling that two ways. One, trying to get its turnover rates down. So the department said that um, as of last year, you know, VHA's turnover is down 20%. And then last year, the Veterans Health Administration reached more than 400,000 staff for the first time in its history. Uh, And just in 2023 alone, brought in more than 61,000 external hires. So you can see in those numbers that last year was a really pivotal year. And in every headline uh, talking about the VA, you know, you saw that this hiring sprint was really a top priority for leadership uh, and for all the offices that, that you know, had to actually do recruiting and onboarding uh, in different parts of the country. So what are department leaders saying is the reason for their pulling back in hiring and recruiting new employees? Yeah, so I think what we saw towards the tail end of 2023 as the VA was looking back at its hiring initiatives and seeing how things were going is that it was exceeding its goals um, either on time or early. And so especially with the uncertain um, budget situation that we've got right now, now sort of a asterisk to that is the VA does get advanced funding, so they're not as beholden to the annual budget cycle as maybe other agencies are. But still, we're already planning for fiscal 2025, and there isn't a whole lot of confidence, you know, maybe right now in government to uh, have something passed after we've had a series of CRs. So the point is that, you know, at some point, VA would have to sort of hopefully get to a place where they felt they had adequate staff and they wouldn't have to be operating at the same aggressive hiring pace that they were. Um, And we're sort of at that point now, you know, leaders said that they feel that, you know, overall, they're at a stage that feels um, like they've got enough folks to take care of veterans. And they're still hiring in certain strategic areas like mental health, and also specifically in areas where there's just a larger volume or a growing volume of veterans that need care. So that's not to say that that recruiting is stopping cold. But um, leaders did say that, you know, you're not going to see the same ferocity uh, this year that you saw uh, in the year before. Um, and it looks like that's largely because things went, you know, as good or, or almost as good as planned. 
Also on your radar for today, veterans will no longer be able to use multiple bank accounts for different Veterans Affairs benefits. That's due to new anti-fraud measures being enacted over the next two months. The move is expected to affect about 50,000 current GI Bill users, but VA leaders are promising they won't cut off anyone's benefits as a result. Instead, if veterans fail to consolidate their bank accounts by April 20th, department processors will begin sending all of the benefits to a single account. Here's why it matters. Such a move could cause significant financial problems for individuals expecting to find the money in a specific account to cover bills and expenses. Officials say they will aggressively contact the thousands of student veterans potentially impacted by this new rule. VA officials said vets may use different bank accounts for a variety of reasons, from the ease of paying a bill to simply forgetting to update old accounts. But they warned the arrangement makes it easier to commit fraud or theft and harder for VA officials to track the funds. The VA has enacted similar bank account mandates in the past, including in 2017. Veterans impacted by the change can update their bank records or find out more information about the new policy through the department's website. And now here's some other stories we're hearing chirps about. A Houthi missile struck a vessel in the Gulf of Aden yesterday, causing it to catch fire. The White House promised yesterday to unveil new sanctions on Iran in the coming days in retaliation for its arms sales that have bolstered Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The San Diego Union-Tribune reported that the USS Carl Vinson will return today to San Diego Bay from the Indo-Pacific. And a delegation of U.S. lawmakers met with Taiwan's president yesterday in a show of bipartisan support that is certain to draw scrutiny from China. China opposes such visits and sees them as a challenge to its claim of sovereignty over the self-governing island. And on this day in history, in 1945, U.S. servicemen raised the American flag over Mount Suribachi on the island of Iwo Jima during World War II. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by Justice Zulowitz, Molly Weisner, Leo Shane III, and Jonathan Lairfeld. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.